0: Hello everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Thin Air Podcast. Uh, This is a bit different than anything we've done in the past, and I'm very excited. Uh, We are going to be going on a journey to the edges of the map, both geographically and psychologically. I don't want to spoil anything by giving too much of an introduction, but I present to you, uncut and unabridged, the chronicles of tomas i'm
1: uh-huh. about to tell like, i've been waiting to hear the, the full alaska story oh no okay then you don't have to <laughs> so <clears throat>
2: i don't really right, know what you were i don't really honestly i don't
1: know where to begin it's so hard because so much of it is like an all-encompassing thing so maybe i'll begin with right before i left for alaska I had a conversation with my ex-girlfriend where I said, I am sorry that things didn't work out between us. I'm angry that things didn't work out between us. I wish things could be better. They're not. And I recognize that a lot of that has to do with my inability to be vulnerable. Mm. That I wasn't willing to truly be vulnerable to getting hurt and so there was this like feedback that would happen where like my yeah. fears I don't even want to smoke a and insecurities <laughs> would like create situations in which we were in conflict with one another and instead of me being able to like hang in there and like fight for what's us i would run mm-hmm. and i said i can't ever ask you but to be fair you also were very scared and would fight me so we had this you know dynamic where she would fight and I would run and I said I can't ask you to be vulnerable all I can do is try to be more vulnerable with you because that's an interesting
0: concept in itself but yes so that <laughs> so was where the... we left
1: it gotcha. I've about like mid afternoon she was like maybe I should come to Alaska with you And I said, do it. And I sent her all this information about, these are the flights, this is when I'm going. Book a flight, and she's like, I can't, I can't. I have reality I have to deal with, I can't do it. So I get on the plane, and there are four seats open on the plane. And one of them is the seat between me and this guy, Carl. The middle seat. (laughs) And Carl is this right-wing ex-oil executive. Who is um, like a and <coughs> how long is that flight? It's like five and a half hours. And we take off out of Denver at like seven o'clock. The sun is still up. And we basically like follow the sun up into Alaska. Yeah. So the sun never sets, it's just always there, like on our backs the whole flight. We land in and Anchorage. Still up.
2: And it's <laughs> still, still up. And it's always
0: up. Yeah. Liz so, picks me up. So it never sets, I mean, at this time summertime. of year, it never sets. It just goes lower, and then
2: yeah. it's just kind of like hanging out. In the summertime, out. like, by the end of the trip, that when Tomas was there. That alone would with
0: me so hard. It does. Yeah.
2: It fucks with you. Like, while we were there, the sun never set, but then when Tomas got there, like, by the very end of the trip, so it's like it one would long get day. dark for like 20 minutes. Yeah. So there'd be 20 minutes of twilight, and you could see like three stars, and then it would get back. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it fucks with you.
0: And so then in the winter,
1: it's like the opposite, right? Exactly. I mean, it's yeah. like the sun barely comes up.
2: Yeah, exactly. So
1: Liz picks me up from the airport, and she she's driving me, and I'm conversing with her, and I'm like, I'm so angry. There's all these things. And I tell her, like, so mad about this relationship, blah, blah, blah. And Liz is like, dude, have a beer. Like, relax. We're in Alaska. I'm like, Look, I'm it's like the fucking ocean right there. I'm
2: and, like, I have, a, I have beers in the car, <laughs> and I'm like... I don't know if I I don't you not know open the glove box. box and it's refrigerated. Yeah, exactly. Here, I'm like, have That's some a beers. let yeah. drive. And She's, then we get back.
1: So she drives me to this town called Girdwood.
2: Which is where we were staying.
1: And Girdwood is a, is a winter town, actually. It's like a ski community. Hmm. So nobody really does anything in Girdwood during the summer times because they're just waiting for winter. Mm-hmm. And so they're just sort of buying time while they wait for the snow to come back so that they can ski and snowboard.
2: Right and so like the only people that live there in the summertime are like snowbirds that are hardcore yeah like trust fund snowbirds so i've been
1: up since four o'clock in the morning
2: the day before day before so when i picked him up it already been over 24 hours
1: it's been a while (laughs) and she's like we're going to this house and we're going to party and i'm like i don't i'm kind of tired i'm sleepy and,
2: and she, I was like, that's totally cool. And then Mickey's like, you're a pussy. And he's like, put your big girl like pants on. you're Somali. And Tomas is like, oh, cool. I was like,
1: fine. This I'm is here. the experience that Let's I'm party. having. Let's do this. So we stay up until 7 o'clock in the morning.
2: Do you sleep that night? I like slept a little
1: bit. I went to bed. I woke up at 9 o'clock. But it was o'clock. still light outside. Yeah, it's light it's all always the time
2: light. It's never dark. You just have to get used to it. Played
1: beer pong, had a fun time. It was awesome. And then... It's like another... yeah, Two hours of sleep. It's a great place
2: to party in the summer. I'm
1: I'm counting my hours of sleep. I'm trying to, at least. It's two hours of sleep. The next morning we get up, and everybody's like, let's get ready. We're going to go into Anchorage, and we're going to get ready for this river trip. And we're going to... um, go to this pizza place oh, yeah. and we're going to <laughs> we <do all> sorts <laughs> of and stuff. already by this point
0: you must be like kind of delirious I mean even oh, when I stay he, up like, and pull an all-nighter or like,
2: something like
1: and get three hours of sleep like that next day is still like they're a, giving
2: him like Adderall <laughs> it's like that kind of <laughs> yeah. trip right
1: yeah so we stay one more night in Girdwood but the next day we're spending kind of like getting ready for preparing for this exodus out of Girdwood into McCarthy.
2: Oh yeah, McCarthy.
1: And we Liz and I hike up to this waterfall. We oh, look yeah. at this waterfall. Who's
0: or who is Mc,
1: uh, McCarthy yeah. named after?
0: I don't is know. it uh, just a kind of incidental McCarthy or was it It might one be of the more It has got to be named after somebody.
2: It was founder. named after somebody and then right next to it was Kennecott. And so maybe McCarthy was like the founders of the Kennecott mine?
1: Maybe
0: but I mean, it's old, like it's been called McCarthy for.
2: Since it was. Since
0: the 20s, 20s maybe. 20s, yeah.
1: yeah. Early part like of the, the late, 20th century. I
2: think late 1800s oh, really? was when. Because that, they went in there before the railroad was built up there, and.
1: If they basically guess, built
2: this copper mine.
1: McCarthy was. That a... was
2: like rich as shit. Hmm. Like it had heated. You're wooden... jumping
1: ahead. Oh. <laughs> You're jumping ahead. Sorry. Story. <sighs> so we're, we're preparing for this trip that we're gonna take into McCarthy. And we go to I haven't slept yet. We spend all day kind of prepping for this trip. And then and I'm conflicted because I've got all this work I need to do. So I'm like trying to do work at the mayor's house. The mayors are these people who live in Anchorage. And we're driving around Anchorage and we meet Mickey's parent Mickey's dad and then we go up and meet the mayor's and They're like, what are you doing tonight? We're going to the Moose Tooth, which is this pizza parlor that's like famous for delicious pizza.
2: It's like the only cool place. Yeah,
1: it's famous because it's the only place to eat (laughs) in three hundred miles. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, Anchorage is a weird town because it's sort of blue collar. It's It's like three hundred
2: thousand people, I think three or four hundred thousand. It's, it's like a little city. It's banks but it's and weird. oil companies, yeah.
1: Huh. yeah. And then like the people who support the banks and the oil companies. So they're talking about this awesome town in McCarthy that we're gonna go to soon. We go back to Girdwood and end up at this person's like wedding reception for a few hours.
2: I didn't, I was not there for that.
1: Yeah, I don't know where you went, but we ended this wedding reception in Girdwood, and then we go back to the house, and I'm like, I need to get some work done. And they're like, you should eat some Adderall, because that's going to help you get your work done. So I'm doing that work, and I'm up again until like 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. I get a little bit of rest of maybe an hour, wake up the next morning, and... Everybody's like, "All right, let's go. We're gonna make our trip." So we go into Girdwood town proper, do a little bit of work, use the internet cafe, mm-hmm. mail the things that you need to mail, buy the postcards that you're gonna buy.
2: That's him. <laughs> none of us are mailing things by postcard. It's all tomas. He's and like everybody's like, postcards <laughs> Everybody's like, "Let's go."
1: So then we like spend seriously like 12 hours trying to get out of Anchorage. Going to
2: <laughs> there was
1: no plan ahead of time.
2: It was, no, there was it lots was of plans. Lots of too many plans. Lots of plans, but then yeah. like no, but a lot of actually, honestly, a lot of the stops were for you. Ooh. Because you That's like needed cool. stuff.
0: You needed to buy snow globes, which and, was funny because yeah. no, because you all did, like, I bought GoPro
2: was stuff
1: all I bought was a pair shoes. of shoes.
2: Yeah, GoPro stuff and shoes. But we stopped at several different Fred Meyers. We Four stopped things at two that you needed.
1: two Fred Meyers.
2: Because of things that Tomás needed. Which
1: is interesting, because from my perspective, I was just like, oh, are we at this place now? Cool, I'm going to buy these things now.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Now that I'm here, I'm going to get some shoes and some (laughs) pants. I'm going to get this GoPro thing, and let's move on. But to my, from my perspective, it felt like everything was taking... A long time. A really long time. But
2: that's, you just, the thing was, is that you hadn't been used to traveling with us. And with six people, sure. which slash eight slash ten, depending on oh, how many people point, are with us,
1: yeah.
2: it's you. It just takes fucking forever. Like totally. to go, like to do, like one task. Yeah. It takes, like, five minutes. To be minutes, fair, everybody like was buying booze cats. at Fred Meyer. It
1: wasn't just because I needed shoes and pants. People <laughs> needed booze and food as well. Like, that was also happening. And then the next stop at Fred Meyer was because everybody got split up.
2: No, there was a lot of chaos happening. It was, like, all chaos. I'm giving to us of heart So
1: time. then... <laughs> Finally, we get on the road, and we're driving, we're driving, we're driving forever. And I'm literally, like, I'm bar- I am borrowed Mickey's drive. laptop. Damn. I'm yeah. editing in the car as we're driving to McCarthy. And then,
2: like, people are falling asleep,
1: waking back up. And I'm awake the whole time that we're driving to McCarthy. This is
2: working. Because
1: I'm working. And then we pull off on the side of the road, and... It's a a weird thing, because we're in the middle of what seems like nowhere. There's no... There hasn't been any exits. And I've been told this about Alaskan roads, is that because of the freeze and the warmth and everything, that they buckle and they become, like, really weird and jagged. So we pull off, and everybody's kind of confused on where we're going. And we get out of the car, and the mosquitoes are flying around. There's, like, people talking about where are we going, what's going on. And I notice on the side of the road there's this, like... Pac-Man ghost that's been drawn out oh, of asphalt ceiling to pee. No, I think it was, just out out pee. it was to figure out where you were going. It was to no, figure out where you were going. people
2: needed to pee.
1: No, I remember the maps came out and people were like, "Did we go too far?" I remember specifically no. that
2: may have also happened, but people like I think that stopped. Of course, happening well. everybody
1: peed, <laughs> but there was this that's ghost. My perspective.
2: There's a Pac Man ghost on the Pac-Man road. It was Man fucking ghost cool. It written actually. on the side of the. Road. It was like. It was happened to stop in at the one Right at that spot. spot. Right. Yeah. And, and there
1: it was, was like.
2: Ghost. But it was like more. It was like a Pac Man and ghost. It was like several, wasn't No, it was it?
1: just one ghost. One Pac Man ghost? We imagined, like it was just Pinky. <laughs> we or imagined Binky. that maybe, you know, bored asphalt ceiling people were like, I've got this extra ceiling. I'm going to mm-hmm. make a ghost now. And maybe there were Pac Mans down the road. But the point is that we pulled over on the side of the road. And there there was was this one ghost. Did you take a
2: photo of that? I
1: did. Yes. And I was like, how fortuitous. Like, we stopped at this point where there's this little, like, you know, road worker. Easter egg, (laughs) exactly. And then this funny sign that said... Forgotten Forest or The Lost Forest oh or something God. like that. And yeah. it just pointed into the woods. It was no road. It was yeah. just a sign that pointed into trees. That was
2: actually a really great little clip that you made, too. That video clip. Yeah, It was really be- beautiful and brilliant. I forgot about that. That's awesome.
1: So then we hop back into the car. Were you filming through a lot of this? Yeah. All of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm oh, shooting cool. a lot of this stuff. And again, the sun oh, is man, just sort of circling around us the whole time. And then we get to the lower part of McCarthy, like kind of the entrance to the park, I guess, or the natural area or whatever. I don't remember the it's name the of the copper place. It's where the
2: Copper River was.
1: Yeah, and I thought we were floating the Copper River this whole time. Yeah. but We are
2: floating above the Copper River, right. the Chitna that feeds into it. Which means it. Ah.
1: copper in the native tongue. Chitna means copper. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we're in this, like, lower Copper River area. And I've eaten Copper River salmon my whole life. And there are all these people... Dip netting. Dip netting. And it's early morning, and we're trying to find Ben and his mom. Because we thought maybe they were camping. They were. And the car is, like, literally, like, Mickey is just what feels like aimlessly driving around all of the different camp zones trying to find Ben and his mom. And I remember feeling this anxiousness of, like, when do we stop and, like, when do we arrive at this place that we're going to? Because we've been on the road for hours and hours (laughs) and hours and I have not slept.
2: You gotta sleep. And so... (laughs) And
0: you were just sleeping, I mean, taking naps and... Well,
2: we all just are used to it. Like, we're all used to, like, being on the road with each other, which is chaos. Like, we've been traveling together for like five to six weeks at this point. Yeah. And Tomas just shows up. And so we're used to like sleeping Some when you limiting, have to yeah. because everybody just is fucked up all the time. But not everybody's fucked up all the time. Like,
0: you take. Turns. You like
2: wake up and you're like, oh, this is happening. And then you sleep. And then you wake up. You know, it's like you do your shit.
0: Joey's just And you're used and to,
2: yeah, and you're, you're also... You were just up here the whole time. Now, yeah, and you're also used to the chaos of, like, everything takes forever. It's really hard to wrangle that many people. Like, yeah. we've, we have our little flow happening. And then Tomas just, like, arrives, and he's like... You didn't get the, get the memo blah. about, like... Yeah, he's <laughs> like, and everybody's awake all the time, because that's how it feels if you're not just sleeping Well,
1: Mickey is awake all <laughs> the time. That's the truth. That's not Nikki true. does not sleep.
2: He does sleep. He sleeps like six to seven hours a night. No. He does. No. It seems like he doesn't it's sleep. because he, he falls
0: does. asleep for 30 seconds every two While minutes. While he's driving. Exactly. Yes. But, I mean, throughout the entire day, 30 yeah. seconds every two minutes. So, I mean, you can keep that going forever.
1: So, we're driving around, and, and then finally I'm like, oh, this is how it's going to be. Okay. So, I just, like... Succumb to the randomness of it all, and I'm not anxious anymore. I'm I'm not worried about it.
2: Good. And then (laughs) we get
1: to we get to McCarthy. Well, after a very long drive, we finally get to McCarthy. It's about seven o'clock in the morning, and everybody's like, "Let's hike in. We're gonna go get breakfast." So we, at this point, I'm um, waiting for funds to come in from this work that I did. And I'm feeling like I've already had to borrow some money in order to get me to this point. And we're at the Potato, which is this like food truck (laughs) in McCarthy. And I thought, I'm I'm not particularly hungry enough to like ask for more money. So I'm just gonna wander around McCarthy. So I walked through the town. And there are all these dogs wandering around.
2: Yeah, they're all free. And
1: they're all just free. And I made friends with the one that I named Scar. I don't know if that's his name.
2: I think it was because you called him that. We all called him that after that.
1: Yeah, because he's got this big old scar on his face. And then I decided, I'm just going to go to bed. So we'd already set up camp. I went in and I fell asleep for like an hour and a half. (laughs) Woke up at. I think I went to bed at around 8, probably woke up around 9.30 or 10.
0: How do you, I mean, do you guys have your phones on so you know, like, what time it is? Yeah, you have a general idea of what time it
1: is. But the thing is about it is that, like, the temperature gets kind of cold. So when you crawl into your tents, it's comfortable. But then, like, as soon as the sun comes up, it's way too hot for the album. Like, you cannot deal with sleeping. So I got up. I felt like I was the first person up. I think Ben was also up at that hour, and I, like, stumble into town, and uh, kind of getting my shit together, and I realized, oh, good, all of the funds have come in. You I'm might be
2: like, right. Like, Ben and Mickey don't sleep at all because they're from Alaska, and they're used to summers there, and in the winter, all they do is sleep.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that Mickey, would, Mickey was always pushing everyone to keep going, and then everyone would fall asleep, and he would disappear, and then he would appear in the morning when everyone was awake again. But he would oftentimes be the first one up, like playing music and like cleaning and doing whatever it needed to be done. So anyway, I go into. He's just on a steady diet of
2: animal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I go into town
1: kind of acclimate myself, I end up finding out like where the airstrip is, I see where Kennecott mine is, I get a, I get a lay of the land and there's this guy that I sort of spy on because I'm walking back to the car, which so when you park in McCarthy you have to park in a parking lot and then hike across a bridge across so the there's river. There's
2: like no cars in the town. And then
1: walk into the oh, town yeah. for like maybe a quarter mile it was something. or something. I don't know. And,
2: and there are there's like one or two cars in the They're like the cars that like shuttle you to the bridge. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I don't know what day this is. This is maybe. And day And they had three. to like, as a
0: village, throw those cars across to get them there in the first place.
2: That's crazy yeah. that that was like day three for you because that's like that was like the craziest part of the whole trip. Yeah. For all of us.
1: So day three. And he was
2: like, here you go, push on. I haven't <laughs> I haven't
1: luck. slept much, you know. I mean like this is day three, day four if you count the day that I left for Alaska.
3: <clears throat>
1: Maybe day five, I don't remember exactly. I can't remember the math. But um I walk back to the car and then as I'm walking to the car there's this guy playing guitar and singing his heart out to Hotel California. And I'm spying on him with my camera and recording <laughs>
2: it.
1: Nice. And the day goes on. We're just chilling in McCarthy. We end up at the bar, which is called the you know, what was it called? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Of the name of
1: the bar. We're at this bar in McCarthy, which is owned by this guy named Neil. He owns the bar. He owns the high-end restaurant next to the bar. He owns the hotel. He owns the hostel. He owns. The he owns the store. town. <laughs> he does. And not only that, but he also. Has the water. He's the guy who is in charge of making sure the spring is drinkable. So when you're walking into McCarthy there's a spring that says
0: Do you watch Game of Thrones?
1: I have only watched uh, like a couple of Well,
0: seasons. sounds like a guy who like has his own little village where he just like he can sleep with any woman he wants and his word is law but it's like really twisted culty.
1: Yes, that's how it felt totally how And, not only that, but he's in charge of the water. Like, he's everyone's like, Neil, can we drink the water? And he's like, yeah, I've tested it, it's fine. You can drink the water. So That's
0: weird. Totally weird. People have to ask him if they can drink the water?
1: Well, I mean, not, they can if they want to, but they trust that he's tested it to make sure it doesn't have any bacteria or giardia or... And this
0: is like a daily or thing? or, or like a, just... It's like a
1: report, yeah. He's hmm. like, the water's clean, drink it.
0: And the comet is coming, put on your jogging suits.
1: (laughs) Yes. Exactly. It's (laughs) a little bit weird, like how much he has over the town. But I'm also noticing that there's this, like, resentment from the women who work in his bar. But this is, I'm jumping ahead. (laughs) I have not yet uncovered this.
2: I'm going to go home and go to bed.
1: All right. See, that's what you forgot to do. Yeah, I forgot to go to bed. Exactly right.
2: I have great things to tell you. I can't wait. It's good, to, good see to see you, you yeah, Take care. Have a
3: good
1: day. <clears throat> so, anyway, the first day we're there, you know, I kind of get a lay of the land. Literally, like, just kind of acclimating myself to where shit is. And, um, we're all hanging out on the porch. It's about mid-afternoon. And, like, I don't know how much of this minutia you need to know, but so I went to the convenience store and I saw the guy who was playing the guitar in the store and he was trying to buy a loaf of bread and I was trying to buy an ice cream cone with my friend Nick and Nick went in front of me, Nick Shady's, and this guy like doesn't cut but sort of like takes his turn to try and buy this loaf of bread. And I thought, if this guy's somewhat aware of what's going on, he'll see that, like, I'm with this other guy who's buying ice cream. And we're trying to exit the store in concert with each other. But he's, like, so fixated on getting this loaf of bread that he goes up and he's like, how much for the loaf of bread? This is on sale. And I said, oh, we're going to have to check price check it. And in my mind, I'm playing this game that says, if he lets me go ahead of him, I'm going to buy his loaf of bread. Hmm. And so he's like, okay, well let this guy go in front of me. (laughs) So I go in front and I pay for my ice cream. Then um, they get the price on the bread. And I said, and I'll also buy his loaf of bread. And then we exit the store. And I could tell that this guy was like, just sort of really consumed with him his own narrative. Like, he didn't have... Like, I would see him on the street, and I was like, I saw you, man. I saw you playing music. I know who you are. This is a small fucking town. And every time I'm greeting him, I'm like, hello. And he's like, hey, you know, on my story. Like, riding my story. Hmm. And so I played this, like, psychic game with myself where I was like, if he acknowledges this, my existence, then I'm going to acknowledge this. So anyway... Buy his loaf of bread, walk out of the store. There's no acknowledgement of, like... Having... Yeah, like, yeah. hey, bro, yeah. That was <laughs> like, I just leave. And then we go back to the bar.
0: They're stealing that car.
1: Hey, don't steal that car!
0: <laughs> Those
1: alarms always work. And, uh... A few minutes later, he, he moseys up to the bar and he's got a six-pack with him and he like sits down and he's like, hey guys, how are you doing? My name's Connor. And like, introduces himself and like, starts to engage with us and we're chatting and everything. And then one of the bartenders comes out and she's like, okay, so here's the deal. Tonight is um, talent night and we're going to have a bunch of people in town come out and do their talents. <laughs> And we need an MC. So everybody looks at me and they're like, Tomas, you should be the MC I said, I'm not gonna do it alone, I want Connor to help. So he's like, uh, okay, yeah, I'll help. So they're like, What you get is like a free bar tab and a meal in exchange for being the M C and I was like, Can I share it? he said, Sure, share it. So, um I go in and I'm like, I'd like to buy a picture for the group and I'm like, Well here's the deal like I know a lot of people come into this town and they just abuse that bar tab and the deal is that it's your bar tab so unless you're thinking that you can drink an entire pitcher in the next two and a half hours (laughs) and I'm like no 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 I'll pay for this thing so there's this like weird like value system that I'm confronting and uh anyway long story short I end up doing the MC night and right before I go on um Brian's like here man and he gives me all this Adderall. And he's like, eat this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so again, I'm, like, hopped up. The whole thing happens pretty magically. Like, the town is coming together. I'm emceeing the whole thing. Um, I have no right to, like, be the MC for this <laughs> local talent <laughs> show. But I'm... Um, Facilitating people coming in and out of stage and everything and at the end of the night I was like, I wanna confess something.
0: You say this to the microphone.
1: Yeah, I said, Connor, I saw you playing guitar this morning when I was walking to the car and I know in because he was like backing down, he's like he had gotten pretty much drunk all day and then was like, I can't be here, I'm not gonna do this anymore, I'm not gonna play. And I said, I saw you playing Hotel California and you've sat here all night and you've been drinking all night and you've been patient enough. And he really didn't help MC at all. I mean, he just sat there and drank. And I said, and I would really love for you to share your music with everybody. And he's like... And I said, and maybe it's a little bit of a game because I played a game with you earlier today when I bought you a loaf of bread and I wanted to see if you would notice and you did and you're here now so play and (laughs) he was like all right i'm gonna play so he came up and played and it was this awesome moment like of that was way cool yeah yeah, like communion of strangers like and so then like three or four o'clock in the morning rolls around and i'm like i am fucking wasted (laughs) and i walk back towards the campsite with um Uh, Adam the drummer everybody else is kind of like out doing their thing or whatever and we're kind of meandering around and he's like you want to do mushrooms and I was like let's do mushrooms <laughs> and so we walk out to the bridge and I said I need to let go of my hangups with my girlfriend like I've had so many fights and I just need to like apologize so I said I'm going to make a sacrifice to woman. (laughs) And I take off my shoes, and I throw them into the river. The shoes that you just bought? No. No. They were, um... Yeah, actually, they were the shoes I had just bought. Yes, exactly, (laughs) they were. And... And then I immediately felt bad about it because I was like, that's polluting. Like, that's not right. Yeah. It was the worst possible thing. That was thing. the worst gesture. It awesome. was. It was a terrible, <laughs> <laughs> it was a terrible symbolic gesture. And then I felt terrible and I was like, I can't eat mushrooms tonight. This is so bad. Let's not do it. Because I'm, I'm way drunk. I'm at Adderall. I haven't slept. My feet are cold. My feet are cold now. Let's go to bed. So we go to bed. I think that was the earliest I went to bed. At three? Yeah, pretty early. Like, it was still pretty early in the morning. And then the sun comes up immediately. Like, I'm up again at, like, seven. And I'm brushing my teeth and Ben's out and awake. And everybody else is asleep. And he's like, we're going to Kennecott today. And the Kennecott mines was Mm. the copper mines. And I think McCarthy was maybe, like, the... um, the guy who would run cattle hmm. through Alaska. And when he saw the mountaintop, it looked green, and he thought, oh, that's a good meadow for my cows to eat. But it wasn't green fields, it was green, green copper. copper. Wow. Yeah, so he discovered this copper cache, and then they started this mine there. And I don't know if Kanaka was the financier, McCarthy was the financier. But anyway... Um, That next day, I had kind of become, like, a tiny bit of a celebrity because I had MC'd the night Mm. before. So everywhere I go in the town, people are like, Hey, you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm having all these conversations with people. And then we get up to the... I'm jumping ahead, like, obviously, to keep the tiny moments more separate. But um, we get up to the mine. And... Everybody wants to make a music video. They're like, I want to do this music video here. And I said, oh. in the, like at the mine? Yeah. And I said, and, and we want it to be kind of like ghosts tell me. We wanted it to feel like a ghost story of the mine. And I thought, you know, from a production standpoint, in order to keep the integrity of a ghost story, it would look really stupid if everybody was wearing contemporary clothes. And since we don't have the resources to get clothes, My solution was, let's all just get naked.
0: (laughs) Logical. Yeah. And
1: and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. And I said, sweet, we're going to get naked and we're going to do this. And then once we got up there and it started getting more and more real, people were like, I'm not going to get naked. (laughs) And I said, here's the thing, I'm totally going to get naked too. Like, nobody... And also my vision for this is that we're not going to feature your nakedness. It's just... It's just going to be forms, like human form that we superimpose onto these scenes, and it's not going to highlight your nudity. It's just going to be that there's no recognizable thing other than the male or female form. Mm. So finally, everybody agrees to it. And, and this sort of like serendipitous thing happened where we met this guy who's painting, and he was a contractor up there mm. who was hired to like renovate the mine. He's like, I got keys to the place. If you guys want to go into the big mine, I'll <laughs> you take buy, you up yeah, there. Yeah, so we go up there and we shoot the video. And at one point, like,
0: and you guys went through with it. Everyone got naked. Oh yeah, everybody got video?
1: naked. Shot the whole thing. <laughs> Jenna Jameson was there. there Jenna was Jameson. It was, it was a was phone great. party. It was amazing. <laughs> I had kind of imagined that the whole experience would be us just frolicking naked in this thing, but what ended up happening is that we compartmentalized it where every shot was me getting naked with another member uh, and just shooting their segment.
0: Gotcha. So so they couldn't do the group loving. They didn't they
1: do couldn't. the group nudity that I had kind of hoped for. but
0: That's pretty funny.
1: The really crazy thing was when we got to... I was doing a scene with Steph, and I looked down the mine, and I'm naked, and I'm looking down the mine, and I'm realizing that, like, all of a sudden it becomes very clear to me that I'm 14 stories off the ground on this man-made structure that has not been maintained <laughs> and has suffered yeah. Ooh. many, many winters, and even though now, in the summertime, it feels very safe... This is not safe. (laughs) I could... I could plunge... Like, this whole thing could collapse. This man-made thing could just fall apart. And I could be... You got the fear. I did. I I felt that, like... Just... (laughs) In a punny way, like, the gravity of the situation (laughs) finally, like, washed over me. I was like, whoa, holy shit. Like, I've given... I'm so vulnerable in this moment. There you go, full circle. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And we finished out the shoot. And then what was really crazy is that we hiked down into the glacier because they wanted to go to this place called the Blue Room, Hmm. which was this like kind of cave underneath the glacier. And the way the glacier looks, have you ever seen a glacier like mm-hmm. yeah. So I thought those were fucking pits. I didn't realize the that crevices? like crevasses? Well, like um like sand pits or something, because it just looks like a bunch of dirt. But it's like the glacier is carving into the mountain and like piling dirt on top of itself like a shovel would. Mm. So there's all these like mounds of dirt mm. and rocks, huge rocks, and they're like balancing very delicately on the edge of the glacier and everyone said if you go into the blue room be sure to look up because those rocks can fall and they're huge and they'll squish you like a bug and side note on my first day in McCarthy I found this uh, dragonfly that was in distress and Nick wanted to squish it and I said don't squish the bug just let it be and he's like if I were a bug I would want to be squished I would want to be squished? Yeah, he's like, I would want that. And I said, well, whatever you want is beside the point that this bug in my eyes has a will to live, and I'm just going to put it out of harm's way. I'm going to take it out of the road. I'm not going to squish it. (laughs) I'm just going to set it over here to, like, figure out how it wants to die. And he's like, that's weird, because I would have totally squished it. (laughs) And because he felt that was the most humane, yeah, action... And I thought, I think if this bug, I'm here in this moment with this bug. If I wanted it to be dead out of some sort of like, I can't deal with you bug, I'm gonna squish you now. Like, it obviously is trying to fly. It's not, it's, if it was content with being squished in the middle of the road, it would be still. Yeah, but it was trying to. It it seemed like it wanted to go somewhere. So I moved it out of harm's way. So here we are in this squishy situation <laughs> where we hiked down into the um, glacier. And it was this cool juxtaposition of man made structure that was supporting me from below. And now. And now.
0: Earthen earth, structure with crushing eminent from above.
1: Yeah. It was uh, like fucking, like, as symbolic as you want to make it. <laughs> It couldn't get more symbolic. You were in the that. jaws of existence. Exactly. It was very potent. Hmm. So, anyway, obviously we survived all of those things. <laughs> and we made it back out. We got on the bus. We got some pizza. Ate some ice cream. I kept eating ice cream like every <laughs> chance I got. Ice cream.
0: Pizza and ice cream.
1: And that night was their show. So. So, this is the first show since you got there? Yes so we show up at the bar we do the show and I have this weird interaction with one of the bartenders where she's like telling me her whole sexual history and how she's a virgin and she's never slept with anybody and she's flirting with me and her boyfriend is like keeps checking in what? yeah it's weird and at this point I'm thinking like this is weird. Like, you guys play weird fucking games in Alaska. <laughs> and she's telling me... She's having this conversation with me about masculine and feminine. Hmm. She's like, a man has to be a man. and A woman has to be a woman. And I want a man who's a man. And I want to be a woman who's a woman. And she's kind of, like... And she's just serving
0: you drinks, and this is the conversation that's going on? Well, we're, out, she's...
1: we're actually on the patio just smoking cigarettes. Yeah. And she's telling me all this. And... I'm thinking like I said to her you know from my experience the world is a lot more subtle than this or that like there's like while I am biologically a man I feel like that I empathize with feminine energy and I don't have like the need or the you know um, I, I just don't feel wholly man or woman I feel like I'm a blend of both energies that I don't feel as divided as you're describing things to be and I'm conscious enough at this point and maybe a little paranoid at this point because I haven't slept <laughs> to think like you're playing a game with me as the pawn and your boyfriend is the enemy and yeah. you're pitting me if I had to guess like worst-case scenario you're creating a situation in which you've placed me as something, yeah, to to whatever drama you want to play with your boyfriend, and I don't want to have this drama, I don't want to get beat up by your boyfriend (laughs) to prove to you that he loves you, yeah, you know, like, I don't want to play this fucking game with you, (laughs) (laughs) so, that game is shit, I hate that game, I hate that game, I hate that fucking game, (laughs) So I was like I'm going to withdraw from this whole conversation. But that was a moment in time where I felt like I really f- started to see like or started to imagine a existence where Alaska is still very much a place in which the consciousness is divided between the hmm. me and the other. Yeah. That man versus nature, male versus female. That there's a very strong, like, sense of, I am this, and you are that, and we are not same. Mm. And I fulfill this role, and you fulfill that role. And that kind of haunted me, like, the rest of the night. I just kept seeing it Mm. come up with, like, the bartenders telling me how pissed they were at Neil, because they're all female, like, the women run the bar. But Neil isn't the boss. And they were telling me shit, like, he's such an asshole, blah, 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 and we are against him in this way, and, huh. I kept kept trying to play devil's advocate and be like, well, you know, I mean, you gotta consider that he takes on a lot of liability and responsibility for strangers that come into the bar, and he has to be, you know, really prudent with the way that things happen. No, 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 he's a b no mouse. fuck that. He's a fucking <laughs> prick, you know. And I kept trying to be like the bridge of peace to be like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, come on, like, can we get along? But it really I could feel this like chasm, like this thing dividing us. So anyway, the next day, go to sleep finally, wake up the next day and there's this wonderful experience um, at the foot of the glacier, at the toe is what they call it and it's where all of the glacial silt turns into this really fine mud. Hmm. And we play, and we're, like, covering ourselves (laughs) in mud. And, like, it's just a really grand, fun day. It's our last day in McCarthy, and there's no responsibility. We don't have any shows. We don't have to be anywhere. But Mickey says, tomorrow morning... We all have to make sure that we're at the airstrip by seven AM because that's when the flight comes to pick us up and take us to the river. And um <clears throat> I'm feeling pretty free at this point, like pretty comfortable with where I'm at. Like this is with, day this, five? This is day six probably. Six. Yeah. Like I'm almost a week in. This is like a Friday. I flew in on a Sunday. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Five or six. And, um, I'm also very conscious of, like, just sort of the business side of things. Like, we're going to go on this river trip, and I need to make sure my batteries are charged, and I need to make sure that I have yeah, enough totally. media, you know.
0: I was thinking that. I mean, I don't
1: even know what that
0: situation would be like with having to have that much media and be charging your batteries all the time. And Yeah. If you were filming this whole time, it's a pretty
1: lengthy... Yeah journalistic style adventure. So we have this fun morning with mud times. But <clears throat> I'm like... And so you
0: have footage of all this.
1: Yeah. Man. And, and uh... But the mud times was interesting because <laughs> I shot us getting to the mud but then I was like, I'm putting my camera away because this is muddy. This is muddy. <laughs> yeah, I can't... I can't shoot this because I want to get muddy. Yeah. And if I get muddy, I'm mean, going to ruin my shit. So I'm like this is a moment that was a prudent choice for sure where I'm like this is a moment where I cannot participate Mm. as the documentary person or and yeah the person in it so I chose I made the decision to be the person in it luckily Nick decided he was going to document that experience so Nick Mm. took a lot of video and footage of that whole thing and sort of sacrificed his own getting muddy yeah getting muddy part so that was fun but
0: so Now we get to We get to the and river And gets weird You are following In the footsteps Of Terrence McKenna <laughs> He and his brother Took a trip down A South American river Like the Puta Maya Or something And They actually Wrote a I mean he wrote a book Recounting the experience But it is uh, Definitely like a crazy, off-the-map kind of experience. I think that happens when you're floating down rivers with people.
1: Yeah. Like, it just tends to happen. Yeah. I mean, I really... like, And I talked to Mickey about this, too, because he was a photographer. He are you going to want another beer
0: before they close, or are you good? I'm good, yeah.
1: Do you want another? Um, I'm probably good, but I was going to get you one if you wanted it. I'm pretty good. This one's strong. Off so But, um, so the last day in McCarthy, things were fine. I've, I've made peace. But then weird shit starts happening. Like, I went to go get breakfast at the potato, and I was hanging out with everybody. And I walked over to the bar area, and I was smoking a cigarette, and then we're meeting new people that are coming in that are gonna fucking go to the river with us. I actually walked out to the car and met up with this guy, Seth, and his girlfriend...
2: Um,
1: why am I spacing her name?
2: <laughs> Shit.
1: Seth and his girlfriend... Krindy... Kyra? Kyra? Kara. Kyrie. Kyrie. Kerry. Kerry. <laughs> Seth and his girlfriend, Carrie, and they're looking at the river they're like scouting it because they've got these um, little boats that they're going to take on the river hmm. and I can tell these are adventurers and I'm like sweet these are a the couple adventurers that are on the trip and I'm like is want some beers here's some beers let me take you to the campground let me show you the ropes this is where we're at this is McCarthy. and uh, they're like we're going to go hike into one of these glacier holes and ice climb today cool. <laughs> so I was like, sweet, go for it. And they went off and they did their thing. And um, when I get back to like kind of the porch of the bar in the afternoon, Steph is, and I are talking and Steph doesn't remember me being at breakfast with a She's like, it's so good to see you. Where have you been all day? And I'm like, really? <laughs> we had breakfast together a few hours ago or am I imagining this? Did that not happen? And it's so, so, so it's weird like that was the first sort of weird hmm. bizarre so she maintained that you did not have breakfast together. She she was like I don't remember having breakfast together and I'm like we had a conversation at breakfast. I was sitting next to you at breakfast. I ate the big potato thing and she's like I'm like okay that was weird whatever so then all of these like little tiny things just start like collapsing in on me I I meet this guy whose name is David which is my father's name the couple nights before when I emceed and he's like hey how's it going what's going on and we're talking and I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you're talking with people and you're like getting two messages simultaneously like you're getting a surface conversation and then you're also like building a story based on what they're saying is meaning something else yeah. entirely <clears throat> so I have that weird ass conversation with him and things are starting to like break down and it starts to feel a little bit like there's this like strange energy brewing in the town and I can't put my finger on it and then i end up at the porch and i've always had this problem with people and names where i can't remember specific names which is funny because i was about to comment on your ability to remember
0: names and remembering all these people and the girlfriend's name and stuff and
1: yeah it's pretty good yeah i mean i made a point to like try to remember (laughs) names on this whole trip and i couldn't like but it's really strange like there was this dude who seemed to be the owner of Scar the first dog that I met Hmm. and I can hear their conversation on my periphery and everybody's talking and it's it's this weird like almost schizophrenic episode where everyone's conversation seems to be directly related to whatever (laughs) I'm thinking at the time and I can't Hmm. shake it like I keep Like trying to pull myself out of this. And this is
0: like a noisy room situation with all these voices talking. All these voices
1: talking, and it seems like every voice is saying things that are happening in my mind. And I'm like, this is so fucking weird. Like, this is so weird that this town is like talking about everything that I'm thinking about. And. I'll think something, and then I even tested it. I was like, I'm not going to even think about this. I'm going to think about it. And then I would hear laughter, and then somebody would be like, he's trying not to think about it.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, what, what? the fuck? <laughs> like, this is fucking weird. Like, And you were, I mean, besides, like, booze or whatever, I mean, sober and mm-hmm. just, like, doing your thing. And... So at that point, I'm like, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not smoking any more pot. I'm not I'm not putting any more substances in me. This is fucking weird. It's like a weird trip right now. And then I hear this conversation. And, and up until like, this point,
0: like you haven't noticed like fatigue in a meaningful way. Like no. you, you feel completely normal and then Yes.
1: All of a sudden not all of a sudden, I mean it sort of started to seep in. Like yeah. it was sort of like a trip. Like the way yeah, that a settling trip is yeah, like sort of creeps into you. And so I'm like really trying not to read too much into it. I'm trying not to listen to all the voices and like really trying not to put a whole lot of meaning on it. And then I meet this couple and I'm talking to them and they're saying, they're like, I'm Jane, this is my husband, Dave, and I'm like, Jane and Dave, and they're like, but you can call us any name you want. And <laughs> What the fuck Like that's my whole issue Is that like I've met all these people And yeah. I'm trying to remember your names And they're like It doesn't matter And I'm Like okay Are you sure you didn't
0: Dream all this Because it sounds fitting <laughs> This I know
1: It totally does Like it, it just gets Weirder and weirder So the night continues To progress And then I have this Really strange Interaction Where I'm trying to tell Nick a story Where I'm like I'm having these experiences Like these things are happening I'm telling him about My girlfriend And all this stuff, and then this dude comes in and, like, totally like hijacks the conversation. He's like, It's all gonna be about me now. And I'm listening to him talking, and I'm like, And I'm, my ego is saying, But I was telling a story, and now you're telling a story? Okay, you tell the story. And then I'm thinking, This conflicting ego thing. Like, no, tell your story. I am obviously at a place where I need to let go of some, like, meanness right now. And he's, like, talking about how great they are and how beautiful Steph's voice is and how he used to, like, work with Michael Franti and that he was, uh... This is some random guy who's... He just steps in and he's like, let me tell you, you guys are going to make it to the top. You guys are going to (laughs) be huge. But you just remember, you gotta stay connected with your people. Blah blah. blah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, long story short. Anyway, the whole night just it it just like it's sort of like those waves that come when you're tripping, you know, like where like you have these moments where you're like everything is coming together in this weird narrative sense that doesn't quite make any huge particular sense, but at the same time does. (laughs) And you feel like, oh my God, is this it? Am I dying? Is this the (laughs) moment of truth? Like, what am I confronting? And uh, I meet this girl, Morgan. And I tell her, I confess to her, I'm like, I'm really having a hard time, I've met so many people, and I just... I can't remember their names, and I'm starting to feel like an asshole and everything, and she's like, you just need to use, you need to understand how to associate more with your fellow man. Like, you need to understand what it means to connect with other people. Thank you, Morgan. And I, yeah, I was like, Morgan,
0: Tell me more. I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Yes. Morgan.
1: Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. (laughs) Like, I won't forget this woman, Morgan, in the bar who's telling me, like, I will always remember you, Tomas. And then I started feeling like, am I a robot? Am I some sort of, like, machine that's broken? Is there some sort of, like... (laughs) And this is the other weird fucked up part of the story. There's this guy there named Hollis who had this, like... Weird, ha, like, I don't know, habit of showing up at concerts with two um, railroad spikes. And he would bang them together. What? Yeah. And, like, bang them Hollis. on the floor. And Hollis is, like, banging into my head, and he's, like, banging into my brain and into my heart with these
0: railroad, with these spikes.
1: railroad spikes. And. <laughs> I'm like, Hollis, you're hurting me. (laughs) And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I did. I had, like, pain in my chest and this bump on my head. It's like, what the fuck? I'm like, what are you doing? And Hollis' whole thing is he's like, the aliens have put programs into our minds that we need to break free from. And he's like this fucking crazy ass story. And then the dude who was like talking about you're gonna make it, I'm friends with Michael Franti. He's like, have I ever told you the story about how my uncle told the story of how Jesus survived the resurrection and then he actually was kept alive in a glacier for twelve years? And I'm like, I can't even fucking deal. Like, just leave me the fuck alone. So I'm like Kind of freaking out at this point because everything is coming in in these like some
0: wild personalities in that situation. Oh you know. man,
1: yeah, the whole town is like really, really freaking me out at this point. I cannot wait to get on a <laughs> plane and leave. So I go out on the porch to try and relax. Can I take a little drag here. Yeah. And the dude um, who owns Scar, the dog, he also owns this other dog that's like missing a leg and paralyzed and stuff. So he has these two fucked up dogs. And he's got this council of people around him and they're talking with him and everything and he's like, Yeah, he he, he needs this and he needs that and everything that he's saying is You're talking like,
0: about the dog? Or talking about
1: I can't tell. At this point I cannot tell who he's talking about. He's like, he really needs to let go of these things, and he's this, and he's that, and he judges these things, and he sees these things, and they're like, what are you going to do about it? And he's like, well, he needs to ask the question, and they're like, how are you going to get him to ask the question? And he says, well, you know, I mean, we'll, he'll go up to the spot, and I'm thinking it'll be the same old, where it'll be like an acid trip. I'm thinking it'll be like an acid trip, and, and you're just, like, overhearing this conversation? Mm-hmm. Uh, when, um, you know, it'll go bad like it always does and i will have to come to terms with who he is and I'm hearing all of this as a like, fly on the wall like, what the fuck are you talking about? Is this <laughs> some sort of like did everything in my life lead up to this moment where I'm like in the fucking middle of nowhere Alaska and being tested by this like Menagerie of yeah. wackos, crazy people, and uh, then I meet this girl from Russia, and
0: she's like, "That's that's the beginning of any good story." <laughs> yeah,
1: she's so open. She's like, I find it really hard to be in small towns like this because I'm so open and I'm so available to learning people and getting to know them. And then she said something that was really, really, like, personal. She's like, but then I feel like they're taking too much from me. And all I can do is, like, hide. And I don't want to know anybody anymore. And I don't want to talk to anybody. And all I want to do is, like, go into my house where it's safe and make art. And she's like, do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like you give too much, and everybody wants too much from you,
3: hmm.
1: and it was totally the experience in McCarthy, like three days of pouring my heart out as the MC, yeah. and cons- like being confronted with all of these people, and she's like, have you ever done acid? Have you ever done mushrooms? I was like, yeah, and she's like, I've never done those things, and I'm afraid to, and these guys want to take me somewhere and do that to me, and I said, well, you know, I mean, you can decide for yourself what's right, and she's like, I don't think I'm going to, and it was this very small, mm. very, like, very real, mm. intimate moment with this girl, where she was telling me like all of my frailties and like insecurities as if they were her own. Mm. And I couldn't shake it. I was like, what is your name? And she said, Iriana. And I said, Iriana. And I said it wrong the first time. She said, no, Iriana. 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 And uh She vanished. Like, I didn't see her the rest of the night. I never saw her again. And, um, stayed up all night, like, again, because we had to be up at 7 o'clock in the morning, and the plan was, let's stay up all night so that in the morning, we're we're at the, where this plane leaves. Um, and there, I'm going to pause for a second, because I have to pee. I have to pee, too. Perfect. All right. Uh,
3: My mama and I got bitches in the you got a full of and my boys do too. So turn off the lights and close the But no, no, no. yeah. So we don't smoke that ounce Jeans up there, you laid back. So that
1: brings us to happens all the time. You gotta before I mean, there's so get many, like... You got the 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 moments that are so hard like so much happened like it was moment to moment all of these things happening so I'm trying to like paint this picture yeah. as broad as strokes as possible do I find myself like you know well
0: I'm sure for you it, it doesn't make
1: sense without the whole, the whole right story you know exactly so you can so, It's difficult to tell the story because it's like so much of my being came to the forefront of this experience. But I remember the morning before I left for the river, I was like, I need to contact my parents. I need to contact Jack and at least say, hello. I'm alive. I'm I'm alive. I'm going to be on a river for the next four days and you will not hear from me for four days or forever, <laughs> but <laughs> this this is about to happen. I'm casting off. Yeah. So um, I had gotten a calling card. I called my folks. I called Jack. I could get in touch with my parents, but I couldn't get in touch with Jack. Hmm. And um, I said to my parents, I was like, I really feel... Like, I've learned a lot in these last week, however long it's been. There's been a lot of things that I'm dealing with, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys soon. Was this a message or was this a conversation? It was a conversation. And uh, and I told them about my experience with the Kennecott mine and the glacier, and, you know, just sort of like the, this notion of separation, of this or that, and, the difference between us and other or you and I and I told them I was like I'm really glad that you guys prepared me for a lot of things because this has been intense so far (laughs) and it's about to get crazy (laughs) (laughs) and they were just like supportive like all right and then my dad said the weirdest most cryptic thing to me he said, Don't chase the bear. Hmm. He said, Whatever happens, don't chase the bear. And I said, Okay. Huh. Yeah. And so,
3: um... <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I was thinking like that's a T-shirt slogan, or a bumper sticker, or a tombstone engraving, right. and then that like turned out to be a really funny tombstone engraving. <laughs> yeah, don't. By chase the way, the bear. don't chase the bear.
1: Exactly. I didn't. I didn't really understand. I do not still to this day fully understand. But every time. That uh, like that just like stuck with me. He's like, just don't chase the bear. Whatever you do.
0: Some days you chase the bar.
1: Do not chase the bear. So we walk out and um, we end up at the airfield and everyone's there except Mickey. And
0: uh, <laughs> the person telling everyone. The one person is telling everyone, like,
1: do not be late. You must be there on time. Now, granted, the plane's not there either. It's just everybody but Mickey. And, uh, we're waiting for Mickey, and I had this sort of, like, at this point, like, the paranoia of everything is...
0: Crescendoing.
1: Crescendoing, yeah. Like, I'm peaking... I'm at the peak of paranoia. <laughs> and I'm reminded of that oh, film... It's that's a shitty place. Um... Red State, did you ever see that?
0: No, but I've heard enough about it to know what you're talking about
1: Yeah, and I'm like, what if this is like this fucking honey trap town and because I had overheard in one of the things that I overheard is these guys, they think that they can come in their town and like do whatever they want and be whoever you're they want You're overhearing this? Yeah, like what? and it's like you get one day, you get a one day pass but mm. you stay any longer and you're going to pay the consequences and I knew the story there that was... Mickey had like hooked up with somebody and, like, kind of, like, hmm, you know, do stuff. And so I'm thinking, did they trap Mickey? Is he <laughs> in, like a, like, a cellar somewhere? So finally Mickey shows up, and his nose is bleeding. And uh, everybody's like, Mickey, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm cool. And I'm like, where'd you go? And he's like, well, I had a pretty intense conversation with this girl that I had hooked up with last summer and she just needed to tell me like you know it wasn't cool and in that same
0: town you hooked up with her last summer in that town yeah gotcha.
1: and then he's gonna hook up with her again presumably but then like she kind of set it straight it like, <laughs> don't fuck with me yeah. like you came into my town last year fucked around with us, and then left left that and then you come back and you think that like gonna be so then the plane comes and this guy is a um, world-class bush pilot like, world renowned basically like he, everybody knows who he is and what family he comes from because hmm. these guys are like expert pilots the word is that his dad was the best pilot ever in Alaska huh. and he's the second best pilot don't be late for that plane Do not be <laughs> late for this plane So um, He's like Who's going first? And I'm like I'll go So I get on How the plane How many people go at a time? Four Four And there's twelve of us How long is the trip? Not long It's like maybe a half hour It's a pretty short That's flight That's a long day for him though Shit Yeah Because he's got a flyback back. And uh, he's a little pissed because he's like, what the fuck is this? You got? You told me there were 12 people and I only see eight. And they're like, well, four flew in with Bill the night before. And he's like, all right, well, how much shit do you have? And we have all this shit. And he's like, all right, we're, fuck, let's load it up. Let's do this. And we're like rushing so we're not wasting his time. And it's me and Elliot and Nick and Seth who get on the plane first. And I don't know Nick very well and I don't know I don't know any of these guys very really well. We all get on the plane and I'm sitting in this like passenger seat of the cockpit and I'm, like up front of this plane. And he drives us and flies us up and it's the most like serene flight I've ever taken. It was like a dragonfly. Like it just sort of lifted off the ground. There wasn't any Bumpiness to it at all it was just Best like pilot in Alaska it was man it was just like floating through the air it felt like we were floating through the sky that's like, really cool oh, it was fucking incredible I have never experienced anything like it it was the most peaceful serene flight I've ever taken huh. and cause I'm not super comfortable being in a plane but this guy's like he's just flying us around <laughs> And then he points down to the ground, and he's like, that's where I live. And I look down, and all I see is mountains. I don't see a house or anything. Yeah. He's like, that's my house. And he... Was uh, he fucking
0: with you, or is he serious? No,
1: he's serious. His house actually was in those mountains. Jeez. And he's like, you guys in Colorado, you think you have mountains, but those peaks over there, those are 22,000-foot peaks. Yeah. And he's, like, pointing to all these mountain ranges and stuff, and he said, where you're going is unexplored. He's like, this is the real Alaska. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, this is truly the final frontier. Like, people have ridden this river, but only a few people do it a year. Hmm. And everybody who does it, like, comes out, you know, but they're changed. Hmm. And these hills are haunted, just so you know. (laughs) And then he tells me a similar sort of weird haunting, like, not don't chase the bear but he's like whatever you do stay out of the trees
3: hmm.
1: he's like that's the one rule stay out of, stay the, out trees. of the trees and Man, then he drops us this down is how like the sandbar
0: ancient peoples felt about like their entire surroundings it's yes. like you have your city but you go in the trees and there are all manners of mythical creatures that are going to devour your soul <laughs> yes
1: yes i mean he gives us that like it is haunted this is the then, hero's journey you're on, my friend. Oh fuck! Man. <laughs> Seriously, it was epic. In like the in the realist like sense of the word. the word, word epic. You know? Yeah, as in the word, not the like I found a fucking dollar and <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was epic. Yeah, this is epic. <laughs> he drops us off and flies away, and dude, like the four of us are in the middle of this landscape, and it's just like. And you're just waiting there for the next people, right? Yeah, we're, it's just the four of us, alone. In the middle of this wasteland of... Yeah. Not even wasteland, because it is nature. Yeah. Like, there's shit around us. But, I mean, the us.
0: nearest... I mean, you were absolutely cut off from any kind of human... Anything. anything.
1: Yeah. I have a picture of it. I can't show you, unfortunately. But it. I, I walked just a few paces back to take this photograph, and it's like you can see the walls of the mountain range and this flat vista and the river flowing and there's like these three little tiny people with just this little tiny pack of gear next to them and it just it looks like max or something it's crazy how
0: I'm, i have to assume at some point you had the thought of like what if the plane doesn't come back yeah like, yeah. You know. yeah was
1: there a boat already there we had part the of a boat Part of a boat Yeah, we had part of the raft that we were going to take down the river was But we didn't raft? have all of it yeah. It was like an
0: inflated, inflatable raft
1: Yeah How big was it, like a Like, like a, an eight-person huh, raft like It was a paddles pretty decent, Yeah, paddles No motorized anything but Like
0: a white water raft type of thing? So you yeah. had all your shit like, in the middle And everyone just sitting on little inflatable seats with
1: paddles Yes Wow Yeah Like in a patch kit. Yes
3: <laughs> That's it
1: And I don't know where we are. I don't know. But part of me is like, well, these guys are from Alaska. Like, they know what's up. But then I see Elliot, who is from Alaska, who's the only guy from Alaska. Seth isn't from Alaska. Nick isn't from Alaska. Elliot's the only one from Alaska. And I see fear. I recognize that he's, like, actually afraid right now. Like, he has never done this before. It's almost like a bunch of children were dropped off. (laughs) And told like <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I mean it was it was sort of like and, and so that was the scary part for me was that all of a sudden I recognized that like Your these life are was... Yeah, like I up until this point I thought, Well somebody knows what's going on. But then I fucking realized that nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Nobody knows what is going to happen next. Yeah and that was <laughs> incredible and then it also sort of felt like a challenge to me because when they asked me to do the music video I was like let's just roll with it let's just go with the flow I don't, I don't know what's going to happen I know enough but let's just let what happens happen and I could tell their fear I could see their fear and we need to get naked we need to do you know what you're doing <laughs> and I'm like I kind of do Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, we'll figure it out. I won't okay. ever put you guys in danger, I don't think. But then I was suddenly in that position. But it was not like artistically or yeah. ego-based. It was like survival-based where like none nobody really knew what we were going to do. And what
0: kind of like I mean food or like, any kind of survival gear did you guys have? Did you have that or
1: were you just basically like, we're going to get in a boat with our... Right. Well, we had food. We knew we had food for a few days. Shit went bad. We didn't have food anymore. But we knew we had food for at I'm, least I'm the pretty, time that... I'm pretty
0: amazed that there was buy-in from everyone that that was just like... But it's probably the same situation you're talking about. It's like, well, someone knows what the fuck's going on. Like, they yeah. wouldn't be doing it if they didn't know what was going on. And
1: right. Then, <laughs> and that was the part that fucked with me. Yeah. When I finally suddenly like came upon this like Isn't that the, first... the story of humanity. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like... Exactly. I thought someone knew what was yeah. going on. If it was bad for us they wouldn't be like, They us wouldn't do, do this. It. They wouldn't do this. Totally. I mean like I I was walking around barefoot, my I had blisters on my feet. I was walking around and all of a sudden, I thought... I mean, when of, like, you threw
0: your shoes earlier in the story, yeah. I and mean, those
1: were, like, your shoes, so yeah. you had no shoes... So I had this, no shoes. This whole time. Yeah, so I'm barefoot.
0: This whole time, you've been barefoot?
1: I've been barefoot this whole time. But I did have a pair of, like, sneakers that I could put on, and I thought, well, you know, it's wet, and they're not really good for this, so I'm just gonna try and see how long I can go without shoes. And it wasn't, shoes. like, cold or nasty or it was blurry. hot more than mm. cold yeah and I had blisters on my feet and I was walking through the water and then all of a sudden I had this like memory of infectious disease <laughs> and I thought could I get like sick from open wounds walking through water maybe and everybody's like I think you'll be fine <laughs> you don't it'll have fine will be, 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 be fine and then the first thing they do fine I mean everybody did come ultimately obviously and um so the the anxiety subsided. And then Mickey starts cooking up bacon. Like just fucking cooking up bacon. And I can smell it, like, <laughs> from everywhere. And then this other thought comes in, like, you know, bacon frying is going to attract every every <laughs> animal that likes to eat meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm like, is this okay? Like, are we safe? Is this a good idea? Because I had heard stories where, like, you have to put up perimeters around your camp to keep bears away and stuff. And I'm like, we're basically just, like, ringing a dinner bell at this point, saying, like, bear!
0: There's a bunch of delicious
1: monkeys seasoning themselves.
0: Yes. Have you ever had bacon inside a monkey? (laughs) Yes, it's it's
1: amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So... And these guys they're like, no, nah, I think it'll be fine, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> Everything is like, I think it'll be fine. So again, I'm like The rocks a cupcake. Yes. And so then it starts to get real. Like Nick says, Dude did we bring any water? <laughs> and they're like, We brought these iodine pills. And pretty much, we're gonna drink from the river. We're just gonna drink from the river. <laughs>
0: Makes sense. In yeah. theory.
1: In sure. theory. In river we'll just, water, water drink. It's you drink that. That's gonna be fine. And the theory was that we're high enough up that it's like all
0: good water. Yeah,
1: nothing all... has died. There's nothing up here that's gonna hurt us. So, but. There is some concern about how silty it is. Like, everybody's like, like it's a outwash. Like, when you pour it into a bucket, it is not clear water. It is yellow with silt. And then they put the iodine capsule into it. And they're like, hopefully, we'll give it a half an hour. Uh, That's silt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then you could drink it. And don't worry about the silt too much. So I'm trusting. So like shitting bricks. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, literally shitting bricks.
0: <laughs> we built a fort out of the bricks we shat.
1: I mean, again, like, I'm trusting because I don't know enough about the wilderness Man. to make any judgment calls. And there's no adult. <laughs> yeah. There's no late leader, really. It's just like... There's no guide. I trust that... You guys who grew up in Alaska, you know what's going on. But then I realized yeah, yeah. that they've yeah. never done this before. Yeah. Growing up in Alaska doesn't mean you fucking are
0: survival yeah.
1: wilderness. Yeah. Gay. So, um, everybody's eating. I'm not feeling super good all of a sudden. I'm feeling like the story that I overheard about, we'll take him up to the place and we'll give him the acid trip experience and... And I started thinking, this guy's in control of the water. And he's... Did I... Was I poisoned? Did I get (laughs) drugged? Am I on acid? Because right now, I feel like I'm on acid. And I told everybody... And also I had somebody try to drill a spike into my head. And I said, um... I'm not feeling right. I I feel strange. It could be a number of things. Um, What do you think? And Kari was like... You're just tired. You just need sleep. You're sleep deprived. You know, so it's fine. You just get to try to get some sleep. And every time I tried to get sleep on this raft, yeah, like the yeah the like, well, and we weren't even on the river yet. We were still staying. Do so you have like
0: tents and things at this point?
1: Yeah, they've set up tents, and it's a cool campground, and everything's fine. But now, the trip that I was having in McCarthy, where I could hear conversations that were ta- speaking to me. Uh, now it's this group of 12 that's talking to me. And now these... And then I fucking realize I'm like, I don't know anyone here except Liz. Like, I don't know most of these people at all. <laughs> and Liz was the only one who said, Don't worry, everything's fine. They're going to take care of everything. Just show up in Alaska with a hoodie and your camera and we'll be good. And I'm thinking... <laughs> like they're, what? They're, at this point, I don't know any of these people, really. I only know Liz, and the only person that I trusted was Liz, and the only thing she told me was, "Don't worry, everything will be fine." <laughs> and with a seal on it. Yeah, and I'm like, "Cool, Liz." Liz vouches for these people, but then I'm like putting together like the reality of Liz has only known these people for a few months, <laughs> <laughs> and. It just gets weirder and weirder, where I'm like hearing these conversations of, of everyone and I have to get away, so I walk down to the river and I'm sitting by the river by myself. Well, Mickey actually gave me a hint, he's like, why don't you go down the river and check it out. Yeah, and visited the river, yeah, go check it out. So I go down the river and I sit down by the river and the river is literally singing songs to me. Like I can hear music that I heard growing up, that I've heard before, like all of these songs are coming off of the river and I'm crying at the river. I'm like, are you shitting me? The river is literally singing to me right now. It's, and and of course you know I'm like this is nuts the river's singing to me so I go back and I'm telling everybody like I'm hallucinating guys I'm not right something's wrong I've either been drugged or my brain is damaged or something is happening at this moment because I don't remember taking drugs I don't remember brain damage happening but this shit is singing to me like I can hear music coming off of the river and they're like just let go it's fine. You're gonna be fine. Just let go. And they're like burying Nick in this sort of like weird, um, grave? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's under all the sand and he's just laying there like a corpse. And they've buried him in sand. I said, lay down, Tomas. And I laid down, and they said, open your mouth. And I opened my mouth, and I'm like, just open your throat. And they pour water down my throat. And they said, now just relax. And as water is pouring into my throat, as I'm laying down on the sand, I'm inhaling water into my lungs, and I'm breathing in water from this... like I'm breathing it like regular water. And like, you okay? You good? Don't, don't close your throat, just keep breathing it. And I inhale, and I exhale, and I'm breathing water that they're pouring down my throat.
3: What the fuck are you talking about?
1: Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because it was so surreal. I'm like, I'm like, I just have to surrender. I just have to be vulnerable to this experience. I just have to, like, breathe. And I'm inhaling fucking water. And it's not killing me. And then I close my eyes. And they're like, you know, I've heard this story that when you die, you, um, hear voices of your friends. And you can kind of dial in whatever radio signal you want to hear. And then they start telling stories and like Tomas told me this story where Tomas said this and you know there was this story that this happened and I feel like oh my god I'm dead like I've died I'm totally fucking dead right now and now this is what death is this is what it's like when you die is <laughs> you're in the middle of fucking nowhere and with strangers and like, you know what would be cool is the next time is that everything made sense. Like, everybody knew what you were talking about. Everybody knew, like, the the language that you spoke. Everybody knew, like, what you meant when you said something. And it was this, like, weird rebirthing exercise where it felt like I had been killed, drowned, by my friends, and then I suddenly sat up. You guys are fine, by the way. Oh, okay. We can do that very last. I suddenly sat up, and I looked at everybody, and everybody's like looking at me, and, and I said, is this, are we? And I said, we? I said, am I? I, and I'm all What the fuck is happening and I'm like
3: just Relax Let go
1: And so I pissed my pants And then they were like whoa <laughs> Let's get you cleaned up And then all of a sudden like Reality started to come back in And things were Back to Normal where I had like all this shame Where I was like I thought you called, like, I couldn't, I, I, and I would love to hear Liz's perspective of this whole experience, because I remember breathing in water. (laughs) I remember, like, this process of, like, everybody becoming very calm and just talking about this radio and telling stories, and then, like, drifting away into this, like, space of what I would describe as what I imagined death would be. And then coming back to life and, and trying to, like, reassert myself, and everybody being like, why are you doing that? Why are you trying to be you in this environment? It was fucking crazy, so then, I think they were playing a game of chess, like, everybody was playing chess, and, um, once I got dry and warm and I kind of, like, reacclimated to life, like, things felt okay again, and it was sort of like the aftermath, like, okay, the trip's over you've come down you're no longer tripping
0: you still don't know why you were tripping yeah you don't
1: know why i don't <laughs> know why I was, but it was like i was like okay this is like this is the this is the post-trip part okay i'm cool now like everything's gonna be fine and i looked up and the moon was three quarters full and the sun was over there and the moon was like 90 degrees in front of me and they're like man this is gonna take a long time I mean he just he just really wants to take his time for this and then it started all over again oh my god where cause I had a dream when I was 15 years old that the moon and the sun lined up on this desert and all of a sudden I was like I'm experiencing that dream that I had when I was 15 years old in real life like I'm here in this moment, as a person, awake, seeing the moon and the sun as I saw it in my dream, and granted, they were at 90 degrees instead of 180 degrees, like in the dream, the moon was on one side and the sun was on the other side, and they were both full, the moon was not two thirds full, you know, and, it's,
0: yeah, that's a really cool thing that actually happens, uh, like on the plains, that the moon and the sun are almost in- indistinguishable. Yes. Because the, I mean, just because of, however it all aligns, I mean, the light reflecting off the moon is almost or just as bright as the sun itself. Yes. And that you have those moments where, I mean, they're completely. It's like a very powerful piece of like Native American mythology and stuff like that. Yes. And you had that dream when you were 15. I had that dream when I was
1: 15. <laughs> And then learned about it through Joseph Campbell. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: That it was a Native American myth. So then I had this, like, weird God complex, where I was like... Well, obviously, I'm living my own myth now, so get around, son. Like, get to the point. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I kept trying to move the sun, and then I went through this, like, seven-hour second trip where um, I felt like I was, I was oscillating through all these different um, stages of spiritual growth where I became the Christ body for a while and then I became the Buddha for a while and then i became the fool for a while and then i became and this destruction is still in camp for a while. yes we have not even gotten to rafting yet this is day <laughs> one on the river before we even leave and um to make a long story short ter, uh, everybody got around the the fire and we were playing a game try to associate, try to associate names, try to associate things with stuff, and, um, <sighs> I stayed up until everyone went to sleep, until it was me and Nick, and Nick was, like, really kind of cold to me, like, This whole time, or just that night? Just that night, like, that that particular moment, he was kind of cold to me, and he was like, you know, man, you just are a bad sleeper, you need to get some sleep, and, Here's what I think. And he started reading to me things from his journal and songs that he was writing. And everything was directly part of this narrative that I had, of my life, up until that point. Where, it was eerie. Like, how, not even eerie, just like,
0: almost... And he prefaced it as, like, addressed to you, and then read this, and it correlated
1: like that? Um, No, not like, this is your story. Are you ready? Yeah, but let me... He was like, let me tell you what I'm going through. And I did not see a separation anymore of us. Like, all of a sudden, I recognized the humility of self that I felt was so personal to me as Tomas that... Nick was like, this is not just your experience. This is everyone's experience and I'm going to share with you my experience. And then he said, "Good night." (laughs) And I said, should we put out this fire? And he said, I'm sure it'll be fine. (laughs) And at this point, I was tired of hearing I'm sure it'll be fine. And I was like, I'm going to take responsibility for this fire. So I plunged my hands into the fire and was like, grabbing the coals and smashing them in my hands and it was the weirdest like at this point I'd already like lived through drowning so I felt like well you know (laughs) and there's this like thing from being at New Gallery where I there's this weird meme or whatever that came up about ghosts don't even have hands (laughs) was always like this joke at new galleries. Ghosts don't even have hands. And so I kept putting my hands into the fire, being like, if I can feel this, I'm not dead. And I kept crushing the coals.
0: You see your fucking hands.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, it was weird. Like, I was smushing fucking burning embers. And the only thing that I had to, like, part of the psychology of it was I'm doing this to save something like the Valley McCarthy the people in my camp that give me the I, I, I kind of was like if I do this as an act of service then there's nothing that will harm me because the intention behind it is not in conflict with anything I'm just going to crush it out of service and care and love for the camp that I'm in, and I kept crushing it and I was making this little pile of embers, and then I flashed back to this memory, when we first landed on that place, I was walking around the playa or whatever, and I came across a mound of crushed embers, and I was like, have I done this before? (laughs) Have I... (laughs) was I here before? Did I do this once before? And I just kept making this pile of little embers, like no longer burning fire. And I just kept moving it and moving it. And then finally I got so tired that I said the only thing I can do is lie on top of it. Of the fire? Yeah. Now, granted, it wasn't a fire at this point. It was just burning coals. Sati. (laughs) So I said, I'm going to lay on top of this. So I laid on top of it, and it was reminiscent of earlier, when they had built the mounds of dirt over everyone. And I was like, I am the mound of dirt, I'm on top of this flame, and it's cold, and it feels nice, it feels really nice to be on top of this warm bed of coal. I was breathing, and I could feel the, the breath coming through my navel, like I could feel this like heartbeat or something in my navel as I was laying on top of the fire, and the sun started to brighten, started to come back, and I looked over at the mountain range and I could see this face in the mountain It looked like me, like laying like this, <laughs> and I was looking at that and I was feeling this flame, like I could feel it radiating through my body and I was like, I'm taking in all of this heat in an effort to like stop it from destroying anything. And a lot of stuff like came up, like my relationship with my son and my father and my whole family and I looked around at all these mountain ranges and I could see these, like, figures in the mountains, like, all of these different people. And then all of a sudden I felt like I was surrounded by a family of people or beings or something that were, like, like, you're doing your thing. You're going through the thing right <laughs> now. Like, this is what you do. And uh, then I sat up and I smelled something that was, like... Felt like bone, like burning bones, is all I could imagine it to be. And there was this big chunk of wood that looked like a moose skull. And I yanked it out, and as I yanked it out, like it felt like I was holding this moose skull, and it had the little teeth in it, and it looked bone-like. And the the fire was now doing this weird thing where it was like spitting up orange, like, it didn't, it didn't look like wood anymore, like, it looked like it was spitting up orange matter, like, like living something, and I thought, oh shit, I'm killing it, so I put it back into the fire, and I covered it with the sand, like it was a living thing, and I pushed down on it, and I could, like, crack it, like it was cracking bones, like a chiropractor would or something. I was like, cracking this whole thing. And I was like, ah, oh, I fucked it up, I broke it. Like, I was, this earth was giving birth to something and I <laughs> I, I pulled it like out too soon. Uh, yeah, I took it out of the oven too soon <laughs> or something. So I sat and I tended to it for the rest of the night. And at this point, like, you know, again, I've been up all night, twice now this is day two of no sleep. Like, it was a few nights of little sleep, and now I'm going on day two of zero sleep. And, uh, my friend Ben wakes up. Ben, who's always the first to (laughs) rise, he gets up, and I walk up to him, and I was like, Ben, I need to tell you something. Like, I'm trusting you as, like, the guy to get us through this whole thing, because... You look kind of like the kind of guy who's going to get us through all of this. And he gives me that look, like me. And I said, it is irresponsible of you to, when earlier you saw me piss my pants, you saw how fucked up I was, and you went to bed and let me, like, stay awake all night, tending to this fire. Like, you have to take some responsibility to my participation in this whole thing. Like... I am a liability here. And I am asking you, like, in this moment of um, somewhat cognitive awareness of where what's going on, to, like, keep an eye out on shit. There's a fucking fire burning that I laid on top of all night long, and I ruined this jacket. <laughs> like, it's burned... <laughs> to a crisp now and it's not even my jacket like you have to take some responsibility for the people in your party that I am not well and I need your help to get me through this (laughs) what was his response to that? he was like okay um, what do you feel like doing? and I was like (laughs) Let's walk. So I took this like staff and, the, and we just walked and we talked and like had this moment and everything about, uh, he was a teacher, he's a teacher, he's a science teacher and he teaches at leisure. And I was like, my son goes to leisure. Maybe you know him. And he's like, I don't know your son. So I said, you might know him in the future, but let's, uh, let's walk. so we walked we talked and he's like let's make some breakfast so we made breakfast everybody got up and it was like it was just for the next for that next whole day it was another it was a bunch of like coming into like calmness of that was intense I'm glad that's over to again like raised moments of craziness but the coolest thing that happened that next day was that we went looking for water, and I was like, I'm gonna participate in this because the only things that I know is that we need water, and I need to take care of my feet. So I'm gonna go wash my feet, and then we'll go get water. And we just wandered around what seemed to be like forever in this place. We went to this weird cabin that was like Jacob's Cabin from Lost. Hmm. And it's then there's a cabin out there. Yeah, it's just this weird ass cabin that like with all this weird writing on the walls and things that are like your reality is subjective, you and time are irrelevant and like just this strange <laughs> writings on the walls. And then in this whole time I'm barefoot. And Nick is like feels to me like he's like, What are you doing? you're barefoot I'm now barefoot so Nick and I are walking barefoot we're the only two people barefoot through this whole thing and we're walking through like rocky terrain and stickery things and like our feet are getting fucked up (laughs) and um at one point you did it for womanness yes that's what I love about it (laughs) I did I was like yes I was like I am doing this in response to the Feminine, and and I just got slower and slower and more appreciative of each step that I took. And then, did I tell you about the moss? Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious because <laughs> of the pun of Tomas. <laughs> Tomas. Yeah, I love it. We were walking along, and then all of a sudden, we come across this grove. You road. found your essence. I totally did. <laughs> it was this like, I mean, it was like this thick and I was walking and I was like oh finally like the most comfortable thing to walk on (laughs) this whole time we're walking through it and we we get into this grove that's um I it it was like a den or a living room or something of just moss covering the whole place and we walk in and it was the most lucid I was all of a sudden I was like completely lucid 100% present no longer like in some sort of like like delirium or anything I just felt completely whole in this moss (laughs) realm or whatever but then my dad was like don't chase the bear and somebody said this looks like a place a bear would (laughs) sleep yes exactly (laughs) and they're like I was like, we can't stay here anymore. This is somebody else's place. We gotta go. I bet you're right
0: too. A place like that—that's a magic place.
1: It is a magic place. A bear would love that (laughs) place. place. Yeah, and I think somebody even—I think Adam or Mickey or somebody like was like doing a bear dance in that space, and I was like, we gotta. We can only stay here for a bit.
0: Yeah, one day, not three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one day. You
1: think you can come in here and do whatever you want. <laughs> you have a one-day pass, motherfucker, then you get me So then, that afternoon, they're like, let's hit the river. So we pump up the river, we're doing everything. We're uh, packing up camp, and I look back on the fire pit that we had burned the night before, and it looks identical to that little mound of ash that I had found
3: Mm -hmm.
1: when we first arrived, and that was bizarre. So we get on the the boat and float for four hours, but it felt like (sighs) 20 minutes. Mm. It was so weird. Like, I... I felt so comfortable on the river; it was the most calm. You I probably felt
0: slept without even knowing it.
1: I probably did. I just, I just felt so. It was like this rocking motion, and Ben was the boat captain, so he was like taking us through this whole thing. And then we ended up at our next spot, and that night, um, we ate Thai food. Interesting rations you guys Yeah, it was really weird. Pizza, Thai food, um, and I took a few pictures. I, I remember taking this one picture that was really interesting at the time that I took it, where, like, the sun was kind of ducking behind this one, like, crevice in the mountain, and the fire was burning here. And because of my weird relationship with the fire the night before and the sun, like, I could see the fire in the sky and the fire on the ground. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And at this point, I'm recognizing that, like, the river is really irrational. Like, at this point, the river went from being pretty calm to, like, raging all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And by the time we got off the river, like, the river, when we... if you imagine, like, there's this spot here that everybody decided to get off on. And then there's this raised part here. And everybody got off and they put camp here. And then the water is here. And over the course of the evening, the water came, like, ten feet up the shoreline. Like, closer and closer to our camp. And I kept saying, like, we should get off this island and move to higher ground and Steph was in this weird place where she was like Steph and Robert and Nick were the last few people up it was me again up again (laughs) all night and Steph, Nick and Robert were the only three people who were awake and I said you guys gotta get off this peninsula because the river is now like wrapping itself around and it's going to maroon you guys on this little piece of land and if you sleep here you're in danger of the water coming and like consuming you so I, I stayed up all night like watching them to make sure that if the water came any higher that they would get up and leave so I started playing all these weird games myself where I heated up rocks in the in the fire, and I put them in my pockets, <laughs> and I just marched around them, and that was the longest night, that was the night where... And at the, I mean, you just didn't have any concept of, like, I should lay down, I should try and go to sleep, it was just like... No, yeah, I couldn't sleep. Like, at this point, I had pretty much fucked myself in terms of insomnia, because I had... I'd been up for now going on three days without any sleep. Jeez, man. And um, I said, I want to protect these people. I want to make sure that they're okay. Because it felt like they had sort of succumbed to this notion of, like, be if the water takes us, then that's fine. <laughs> and I was like, no, it can't be okay so I just marched around the perimeter all day and all night and then in the early morning, like, the sun started to rise and then it didn't. It just hung there for a long goddamn time. And I remember this was when I had my Steve Jobs episode where I was like what is going on, like why isn't time moving anymore? What, what has happened here? Have we reached the end of our beingness? Has there been, like, nothing else to explore? And I was like, at this point I felt I, I started to build this mythology about these, like, twelve people in my life that One was the the nurse, and one was the adventurer, and one was the, like, fool, and one was the caretaker mother, and one was the father, and one was the son. And I could, like, identify what everyone kind of represented from an archetypical standpoint. Of your, like, traveling party, or just at kind of... Yes, of the traveling party in that moment. And, um... I laid down and looked to the sun and I was like, I'm just gonna try and sleep. Maybe if I sleep, maybe if I give in, something will happen. Maybe something will take place. And I laid there and I laid there and I laid there. And then I saw this red light, like blinking in the distance. And I started to walk towards it and then it was like flashing really bright, like a lot of times like no 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 don't walk any Hmm. further and so i was like really trying to become as aware as i could to the moment and then i realized there's nothing right now except this river and me and these trees and this wind and i was like i was like Categorizing everything. This is happening. This is happening. And then all of a sudden, this really fucking creepy sensation came over me. Like I don't hear any birds. I don't hear any insects. I don't hear anything else being right now or doing. And um, I don't know how. <clears throat> or what brought me to this conclusion, but suddenly I was like, the world is perfect, and the only thing that breaks that perfection is doing. The only thing that, like, ruins things is when something comes along and says, no, I'm going to do this now, and then it ruins perfection, and, like, that perfection is this, like, static wholeness. It's a weird, weird thought. It was really weird. Like, in the bizarreness of my world process, it was like I had this weird conspiracy again. Conspiracy is a good word for it. That there were all these energies at work that were trying to reach a stasis of stillness Mm -hmm. and non-doingness. And that I was the only one like, pushing the issue, being like, really? (laughs) Is that all you can do? Is it the best you can do, world, to be perfect? And I I felt like an agitator, and I felt like all of a sudden this, like, overwhelming shame Hmm. for how screwed up things can be and how much suffering exists and that like if you ever reached perfection like when you're painting something or you're writing a song or whatever you can be like I'm done and that's the end that's the end and the beginning and there's nothing more to be done that the circle is complete and anytime you inject some sort of criticism or judgment or thought about that that it creates suffering and then I felt like, oh, an overwhelming sense of shame and guilt and like, why am I not satisfied with this moment? Why am I not okay with what is right now, especially considering Everything that I know about the amount of suffering that happens in the world. And then again was the first person to wake up. <laughs> and I just broke down like in tears, like sobbing, and saying, like, there is so much pain and people who cannot be okay with what is because it's so painful. Like, the world is so fucked up painful and I felt responsible for it I felt like it's my fault that like I'm not not worthy of this beauty and like everything that I'm experiencing right now I felt like how can I and I I confessed to him I was like I spent all night worried about my friends and worried about something going wrong and everything was fine. It was perfect, and I just marched around, like, worried that something was gonna go wrong. And... I feel like such a fucking failure. <laughs> or... And he's like, let's make some pancakes. So again... let <laughs> uh, We went to go make pancakes, and I... It was so funny, like, he, he's like, let's just make some pancakes, so he cuts this piece of butter off and he throws it in the pan, and I swear to God, dude, the, the butter was in the shape of a little heart. <laughs> and, and then he threw the pancakes on, and he's like, let's just make some pancakes. And he made these pancakes with such ease and such, like, just clarity of, like, it's alright, we is just making pancakes right now. And I got got obsessed with, like, the perfect pancake. I must make a good pancake, and I couldn't get the butter to melt right, and I couldn't do it right. And, um, I think this is, so this is, like, going on day four of my sleep. And this was the most intense day of, like, feeling Like I wasn't getting something, or I wasn't doing things right. I couldn't make the right pancakes. I couldn't pack my gear correctly. I couldn't participate correctly in everybody's experience. And eventually we got off that part. We we floated a little bit more down the river, and we kept floating, and we kept floating. And every time we were on the river, I felt okay. And then we'd get off the river, and we got off the river, halfway through the day and I was like these people are probably sick of me these people probably don't want me to be on this trip anymore <laughs> they they probably could just like throw me into the river and not worry about me anymore and they wouldn't be like they wouldn't have to deal with my drama anymore And I went to a really dark place. And then I turned into a salmon. And I was on the river as a salmon. And they brought me to shore as a salmon. And I was like, they're just going to fillet me and cook me up and eat me. And I went to this, like, this part is really really confusing, but I went to this, like, really primal place where I dug my face into the sand and it was this, like, opposite reaction of instead of breathing in water, I was now breathing in sand, and I was just taking in huge breaths of sand, and I f- opened myself up and, like I just do it, like, eat me whole. Take it in. And Liz did tell me, she's like, when that happened, I was like, we might need to call in a helicopter to get you out of there because you had reached a point of total abyss. Like, you had, you had gone beyond anything that was even, like, rational anymore. Like, you, your behavior was so erratic and bizarre. And, um... Thank God this girl, Kari, was there because she's like, no, I've seen this before. This is insomnia to a T. Like, this is exactly what happens when people don't sleep for many days. And he's exhibiting all the signs of it, the paranoia, the the um, <coughs> hallucinations. And she's the, the like really comforting part of it is that she's like, but the coolest thing about what he's doing is that he's not like turning against us, (laughs) that a lot of people with insomnia will, like, become violent and turn against the other people. I can't imagine that was a comforting thought to everybody else. Well, I mean, yeah, like, (laughs) she's like, he's actually handling it really well, like, (laughs) for for somebody who's suffering from a clinical Because I could definitely see
0: someone in that situation who didn't have prior experience with like all right you know we're gonna do this and was like this is wrong I need to fight it I need to get out of it Mm -hmm. which you know certain people do (laughs) yeah in moments of losing control yeah so I did I
1: I the only thing I could think to do was which brings me back to the first thing I said before I left the trip was all I can do is become more vulnerable and that's all I that's all I did, was find a place of vulnerability, which was, <laughs> like, the most, like, regardless of how, I, you know, it's one thing delusional to it all was.
0: I was going to say, it's one thing to say that, it's another thing to become a salmon and be ready
1: to be eaten by your friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I... I don't know. It was. A, it was. A, it was. Re, it was super vulnerable, and I was. I recognized that my only option was
3: to
0: completely give in
1: to the experience.
0: You know what else is interesting about salmon mm-hmm. is that they swim upstream. Yeah. I mean, they are. They typify, like almost the reverse Dow, You know, they're not going with the flow, they're going against the flow. Ah. And the fact that you were drowned by water, but it wasn't drowning. I mean, almost yeah. in that moment, you were already the salmon. And then it was, I mean, the next part was the dirt, mm-hmm. which would drown a salmon, which is... Do you
2: mind if yeah. I clean these glasses? No, no, thanks. Are you I done with that? I'll take
0: that last swig, thanks. Don't want to rush you.
3: At all. Thank you mm-hmm.
1: So the final chapter, yes <laughs> is when my friends didn't eat me <laughs> and they put me back on the boat. and we floated downstream. I felt so safe protected, and I, I don't know exactly what happened, but this, um, I felt really cared for, like Liz was really there for me, like she was like, you're going to be okay, we're going to get you down, we're going to take you to the next spot, we're going to camp soon, and we floated through, which I thought was like the most magical part of the river. Um, I kept saying to Ben, I was like, just follow the dragonflies, Ben, stay out of the trees. And he's like, I know, I know, we're getting there. And we ended up at this sandbar where there were all these, like, what appeared to be artifacts of some sort of ceremony. Like, there was moss intertwined with, like, twigs, and it, like, you imagine, like, somebody had built, like, maybe, like, an archway for, uh, marriage ceremony or something where it's like there were these pieces of this thing existing on the sandbar and he's like this is where we're stopping and we got out and um come check this out so we like climbed up this little cliff and we're in this field of flowers and I'd set up our camp, and everybody was getting ready to cook dinner, and I was so tired at this point, because it had been days since I'd slept, and like, if you can get some sleep here, that would be really good for you, so I crawled into my tent, and I slept finally, Like I went to bed early that night, like probably 8 or 9, and I slept all night long, next morning when I woke up, the tent, the light from the tent was, like, it felt like a womb or something. And I felt so at peace and, like, whole and not afraid anymore. Like, I had gone through a process of something that I can't describe. When I emerged from the tent, I was the first one up again. (laughs) And everything looked... ...unreally... ...beautiful. Like, everything was just so fucking gorgeous. And I felt so... ...peace and, like... ...one with everything. And the rest of the trip was just... ...bliss. No more of the shit that I had experienced for the last four days or whatever of like confronting my shame and confronting my fears and like it was a I mean I I felt reborn. Which was funny waking up in this like hilarious yeah. womb that was my tent and I'm zipping it. Like, <laughs> like it was it was really fucking powerful. It sounds like an understatement of understatements. Yeah. 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 It was... And then I... At one point, and I don't remember exactly when this happened, but... The the thought that I had was that, like, we're all on a river trip. Mm. We're all just constantly on this river together. And that's, like, the closest to the... Experience that we have and that while we imagine ourselves to be in a cafe in Port Collins doing all this stuff or whatever but like really this is just we're just camping right now <laughs> we're just in some like eddy hanging out that the river itself was the closest physical reality to what we're actually experiencing on a deeper real level And being on that river gave me, like, the, the, you know, the physical experience of what we're actually doing in a strange way.
3: Thanks for sharing that.
0: Yeah. I feel like as, as far as... One can communicate an experience like that to somebody else. Like I, I don't know, I feel like I was able to accompany you on something that is not typically, uh, I don't know, even accessible to somebody else. You know, I mean, it really is the the type of thing that mythology is born from. That like the stories of what humanity is and experience and. Straight up shaman shit, right there. You know, I mean, it's really cool. I have to ask. I mean, having having left and then coming back. I mean, I'll just say I haven't necessarily noticed anything different about you other than you, you know, happen to have this new <laughs> uh, this new. Uh, a metaphor to wrap that in but I mean do you feel or do you even need to feel that I mean you went and you did and you came back and it has manifested as anything or was that the whole point is that it didn't even need to that you
3: that you're still just on the river I
0: don't know it's interesting to go and have an experience like that and then reintegrate I I mean what is that Process
1: been like, or has there been a process? Or yeah, is it just like, oh, I'm back. Like that was crazy. Sort of like, oh, yeah. it's a dream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say that like immediately after my return from that trip, um, return
0: here, or return from like the the depths of it while you were
1: still out there. I would say return here physically. So the the like cap or the I mean, there's. There's, like, an epilogue, which I'll save for later, because it's more, like, part of, I think, like, this larger mythology of, like, the story of Tomás. that You know, um...
0: I'm calling you Tomás
1: from now on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's very different. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, there is, um... When I came back to my... To the life that's here
0: I feel that I I was much more um, I guess
1: immediately like detached from these things that are that I've invested so much in maintaining in terms of life I had a movie premiere to come back to and a family and an ex-girlfriend and <clears throat> when I came back I felt a lot more like zen about it all Like just very much um, not holding on to those things as being like a, a part of my being as, as much that it, it was before I left that maybe um, I remember when I came back specifically like we were a few weeks away from the premiere of the movie and Ben was freaking out about it. Like, he was having episodes, like, physical reactions. Like, he was twitching because he was so stressed about shit getting done in time for the premiere. And because I had experienced so much timelessness in Alaska... And all of a sudden... Yeah. To, to have deadlines and a timeline and all this other stuff... Um, I think it was probably the best thing for the movie, in a way, or the, the, the structure of everybody, because um, Ben was like, you now are in charge of making sure that this shit gets done in a timely manner. And I could, I could integrate a part of my experiences, is like what our expectations are and what it takes to do things and what time is, is all kind of a little bit of a manifestation of our own, and that I recognized, like, yes, I understand that this needs to happen, but there were so many little things that would happen, like, on the river, like, I didn't understand how I could fit an entire tent into this tiny bag, you know, and it was just like, well, you know, we've got to go, so just keep putting it in there until it's in and then it would fit all of a sudden, like the whole thing would happen or like nobody was on a timeline like there wasn't anybody who woke up in the morning and said alright guys, it's 10 o'clock, we need to get on the river by 11, let's make sure we have breakfast done, let's clean these things up like everything just sort of happened in its own time
0: without there being any
1: yeah. Like nobody was doing anything to make shit happen. It just was happening. And the last day we were there it was like the most, the, you know, the strangest thing of that, is that I woke up in the morning and it was the first time that I woke up and everyone was up at the same time and everybody was packing at the same time and everybody was ready to go at the same time. There wasn't any like
0: Huh, that's an interesting organization.
1: And that was the last day? Yeah. Huh. It was just sort of like, oh, it's time to get up. Oh, I'm going to do this now, and now I'm doing this, and now I'm doing that. And now we're putting everything away, and now everything is put away. And, oh, here's the plane, and now we're all on the plane, and now we're going home. And there wasn't any... There was no awareness of time as a threshold to our experience it was just moment to moment to moment and when I came back that was like the kind of the thing It's it really cool now everything is.
0: It's one of the things I value most about I mean I haven't had that experience but having an experience where you do completely leave society and everything and go to like a very natural environment and you know do your thing and experience those moments and then coming back and really realizing that you haven't moved at all, that, that same place that you were in, that nat—that natural, timeless, just, I mean, and not even necessarily timeless in that there is no time, but just like the time is subjective, and that, I mean, it, it could be geologic time, it could be, I mean, anything, but, I mean, you go out, you have an experience on a river in Alaska or wherever, and you come back here, and, I mean, for me at least, it's always been the realization that Whatever I was noticing out there and like really just finding and just being blown away by this whole thing, I mean, is exactly the same space and time and everything as these people milling around in this whole environment and yeah. looking at their watches and setting their own deadlines and, you know, yeah, that's always a cool experience for me is bringing it back. Yeah. And not even bringing it back, just realizing that there is no there and here that is just like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I find it interesting because for a long time, I mean, it was just part of my routine that, you know, every couple months or every whatever it might be, like to like have some sort of experience like that to like really, you know, dust out the mental cobwebs or whatever. And I've noticed because I haven't been able to do that as much recently and it's just so interesting how things slowly just set like concrete like around you to the point where you just feel like there's just such solidity to everything. Everything is so important because it links to this other thing and this other thing that you're trying to do and, like, this and that and these different... in that whole world. And then, I mean, I'm just trying to get out of my own, like, uh, contact trip, you know, Mm -hmm. listening to your story and getting to, like, have that experience, sort of, and using it as a dissociative experience from my daily... I mean, I just think that's one of the things that these experiences are so important for is that anyone can have it and anyone can realize in those moments that all of the things that we take as just reality and this is what it is and this has to happen and this is good, this is bad, this is dangerous, this is... I don't even know, I mean, just all of those things When, when you have an experience where you are a fucking salmon drowning in the sand and then you come back to your normal life. I mean, for me at least, and even just listening to the story, like, I didn't even have to go on that and have that experience but I can still, like, you know, feel the dreaminess of everything. And I love that. I don't know, I don't really have. I don't even have a point. But, I mean, this entire time that you've been talking, I've been, like, staring at this fucking piano with these, like, paintings of these little creatures with their... You, yeah. You know, and it's just, yeah. like... It, it all, like, fits in this weird
1: kind of dreamy... Yeah. Existence. Yeah,
0: that
3: is really cool.
1: Yeah, and then I came back and moved into the Masonic yeah. Temple. And then you came back and moved <laughs> into the Masonic is, Temple. It's so weird.
3: So fucking weird.
0: Uh, it's a rich life and a full one. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, man. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, like.
1: Thanks for listening. Absolutely, I mean, man. I, you're one of maybe a few people, a handful of people, <laughs> that could tolerate the bizarreness of <laughs> my experience. Yeah, I will
0: say the same back to you. I think we're on similar wavelengths. You never have to hold back with me, that's for sure. <laughs> it was
3: I'm good. looking
0: forward to having an experience with you of some sort. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Trying to trying to buy some mushrooms. I know that you can compete with a
3: no, I'll go, I'll
0: go back there. river in Alaska, but I would love to to make time and do something like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you're ready to go back into the fray. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would love to take you to a to like my sacred place that I used to go out to like twice a year without fail, and it's been a while, but it's it's uh in southeast Utah, just this ridiculous place you have to drive a Jeep into, I mean, it's, it feels like you're on another planet, and there's no possible words that I could use that could describe, like, what it is to be in that environment, and it is, like, it is that, uh, that place to get, um, that'd be fun, <laughs> I would love to do that with you, <laughs> yeah, been out there with two other people. I used to go out there with myself just yeah. only because I thought I had this whole mission and quest or whatever and like all of these things, and then just randomly uh, went out there with a friend and like really realizing that there's I don't know. I don't want to go too deep into the. Do you. Whole realm.
2: I'm going to lock the doors. Oh,
1: do you, wanna do you, sit you want me to chair? leave yeah. the light on? You guys can
2: sit out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay and watch a movie, so you're more than welcome to sit out here if you want but I'm going to have to lock so no scary people
0: come in. Okay. Let's put your table inside so you have to worry yes. about
1: it. Let's put this table in. Oh. Let's put the table oh. Does it go in the little oh. green? Okay. Hey. and the chair. <laughs>